Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. I was thinking about what John was saying, and one of the miraculous things about finances, we talk about how money is spiritual. I was recognizing after the service, and I didn't, I never think about this when I'm going to preach it. I said I try to set myself a reminder and try to preach on a financial message every three months. Every time that I preach a message on money or finances or tithes, that day that I preach it, miracle money comes in. But you would think that it would come in the next week or a couple weeks down the road because people would be like, oh, okay, I need to. But God honors us when we honor him. And every single time, he, 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 he proves himself over and over again. How many tonight in your finances have seen God prove himself over and over and over again? Amen? Over and over again. He is, he is so faithful. And so just be faithful in those things because that's one of the things that really moves the hands of God when you don't have sticky fingers. Amen? Well, we're going to have a great message tonight, and uh, it's so good to have Pastor Dylan and Ashley back from Tanzania. Some of you don't know them yet. You're, we have lots of new faces, um, but he's going to preach tonight. We've given him time to kind of get acclimated, but I asked him to preach tonight, so he's got a good word for us. Don't forget before he comes that uh, we need people to take flyers tonight for Easter. We've got those three opportunities on Saturday, and uh, take some tonight in the Welcome Center. Nesto reminds you again after the service to have some and pass them out at work, pass them out at the gas station. But also, the text I sent out today, hopefully you got that link okay, that's an easy way to use technology as well. Send that thing to people. Send it tomorrow, send it Friday, send it Saturday, send it again Sunday morning. We're believing this to be the best Easter we've ever had, amen. We're going to be preparing for overflow in the fellowship hall we're going to set seats up out there, and we're going to trust God to do amazing things. And we're going to pray and believe. I want you to be praying and believing that God is going to get a hold of religious people on Sunday. Amen. Amen. And take them from religion to relationship. Because they're going to come in on Easter because that's what a lot of people do. And they're with somebody or someone invited them. But we want them to have an encounter with Jesus on Sunday. Amen. So be praying for the message and the music and everything. And, and just do your part to send some texts out. Think of some people you haven't seen in church for a while. That's what they call low-hanging fruit, where they're already, they already come to this church, but you haven't seen them for a while. Amen? And uh, text those people and say, come on, we want to see you on Easter. Amen? Let's let Pastor Dylan know we love him tonight as he comes to preach. Amen? Just give him a Victory World Outreach, Texas. Welcome home. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Bwana Yesu asifiwe. Amen. Amen. That means praise God in Swahili. Amen. Before I say anything, I wanted to first say thank you. Thank you, Pastor and Carla, for this opportunity. Amen. You've invested in us. Uh, you trusted us. You sent us to Tanzania. We're glad to be back. Amen. And we, we even got a report today, the Work is continuing well, amen? The people in Tanzania are praying for you as you are praying for them, amen? Praise God. Turn your Bibles this evening to the book of 2 Samuel chapter 6. I want to read a brief passage tonight, amen? I believe God's going to speak to you. 
Second Samuel chapter 6, amen, verse 1, which says, And again, again, David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000, and David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal, Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, whose name is called by the name the Lord of hosts who dwells between the cherubim. So they set the ark of God on a new card and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Uzzah and Ahil, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahil went before the ark. Then David and all the house of Israel played music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments of fir wood, on harps and stringed instruments, on tambourines, on sistrums, and on cymbals. And when they went to Nashon's threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. Then the ark of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his error, and he died there by the ark of God. And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. Let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for you're in this place tonight. Lord, your word says wherever two or more are gathered in your name, there you are. Father, you're in this place, and we ask that you would speak to us. Use me as your vessel, God. I am a nobody. Lord, I am just desperate to be used by you. Father, speak to every person in this place tonight and show up in a mighty way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like to preach a short message tonight, and we're going to pray. We're going to have some time of prayer. But I want to preach a message on the principles of a healthy prayer life. The principles of a healthy prayer life. I'm not preaching this message because I got it figured out. I want to tell you I don't. Amen. I don't have my prayer life all figured out. I'm not the best uh, prayer person you can think of, amen? But I'm preaching because this is what God placed on my heart. God has been placing prayer as a heavy thing on my heart here even more lately, amen? And you know, like you know, each of us can have a better diet. So how many can say, I can eat better? Come on, hallelujah. How many know we can be healthier, Amen. I came, I came to America, and I want to tell you, America got me, amen? It got me. I didn't eat nothing bad. I, st- I didn't even do anything. I just ate like this, and I was like, ah. There was a lot of salt, a lot of sugars, a lot of everything, and boom, hallelujah. Now I got a treadmill in my, in my balcony, amen? And I'm getting it. Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah. But you know what? Just, just like we can eat better and have better health, you know, prayer was established by God as a way for us to get a hold of God. Amen? And it's our communication channel, and when that communication channel is unhealthy, so is our relationship with God. Amen? So we can think about, okay, am I, you know, where, where am I when it comes to my regular prayer? And I'm not talking about not praying. Amen? Because I want to challenge you tonight when we get done to develop a new life of prayer. Amen? But I'm not talking about not praying at all. I'm talking about having a healthy prayer life. Hallelujah. You know, a, a healthy prayer life is like having, having a military. 
You know, none of us recognize when we're going to need our military. Every time you see well, on, our, on our spending budget, we're spending money on arms, we're spending money on the military, we're training people. We're not at war. Hallelujah. But if you don't prepare for the day of war, when the day of war comes, you're in trouble. Hallelujah. So on a regular basis, every day, we need to invest in a healthy prayer life. Amen. You know, Matthew 26, verse 41, it says, Keep watch and pray so that you will not give into temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Hallelujah. Jesus is saying, keep watch and pray. Keep watch and pray. Make this a thing that you do on a regular because, you know what, the body is weak, but there's, there's a need to be in prayer. Hallelujah. You know, 2 Corinthians, I want you to highlight this in your Bible. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. You know, something amazing, I was, reading this, I was reading this verse today and something spoke to me differently today. Some, something hit me differently, it was the word strongholds. You know, and, and I started digging into the definition of a stronghold. And, you know, I've always thought a stronghold is just a fort. A stronghold is just a, just a place where you, you know, you grab it and say, this is my territory. But then I, I began to think about what, why do we need to pull down these strongholds? Well, I'll tell you why. The devil wants to come into your life. You ready for this? Come into your marriage. You ready for this? And he wants to destroy it and then put a stronghold around it. Let's, let's go into this. Destroy it first and then put a stronghold around it because when you try to get it back, now you can't go through it because now there's a wall. I don't know if you've ever seen a fight. Maybe you're married tonight. Maybe you, you, you've seen a fight and you're saying, I just can't get through. No matter what I say, it's not working. Oh, y'all not with me tonight. Hallelujah. Maybe, you're, maybe you got a business and you say, no matter what I do, it's not working. My children, I don't know, no matter what I do, it's not working. The words that I say are not good enough anymore. When I try to tell them they're not listening anymore, what's happening? Maybe the enemy, after destroying, has built a stronghold. Hallelujah. So, so the Bible is saying we wrestle not against, hallelujah. It's not, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not in a physical sense. You may be trying to win them over with words, but God is saying we got to get into this warfare spiritually. Hallelujah. So every person in this place, you can't say, well, you know, I'm not a pastor. You know, I don't lead a ministry. You know, it doesn't matter what you do. I want you to know something. The enemy wants to put a stronghold in your life. One, he wants to destroy it and then put a stronghold around it to where you can't get it anymore. Your business, your dreams, your siblings, your parents. Hallelujah. Your ministry. But the Bible says, you know what? We have weapons. We have a way to have victory tonight. Hallelujah. Somebody shout amen. We have a way to have victory, and that victory is through prayer. Hallelujah. You know, warfare, spiritual warfare in prayer, is, it's, it's quite amazing. All you have to do is pray. I'm going to say that again. All you have to do is pray. 
I'm going to say that again because I want somebody to catch this. All you have to do is pray. God does the heavy lifting. Hallelujah. I want to share with you. I'm not, I'm not sure how many I'll be able to get through, but I want to share with you some key areas to have a healthy prayer life tonight. Amen. Because I believe these apply to everyone, no matter who you are. Whenever, if you want to have a healthy prayer life, these are some things. It's not everything, but these are some key things to think about. Hallelujah. Amen. Number one, I want you to write down repentance and forgiveness. Repentance and forgiveness. I didn't hear everybody saying amen there. Hallelujah. Isaiah 59, verse 1. I want you to hear this word. Here's, here's, what, here's what the Lord says. It says, listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor his ear too deaf to hear your call. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. I'm going to say that. I'm going to read that one again. It's your sins that have cut you off from God because your sin, because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. Your hands are the hands of murderers and your fingers are filthy with sin and your lips are full of lies and your mouth spews corruption. We just heard God is saying, hey, you know what? He's not deaf. He just won't listen anymore. He won't listen anymore. You know, I was thinking about this quite, quite amazing. How many, how many don't like fake friends? Come on, let's be real. If you don't like a fake friend, lift your hand up just like this and wave. Say, I don't like fake friends. Hallelujah. But you know what's amazing that we do to God? It's so amazing that we go and, and, and something happens. Someone falls into sin. We mess up. But before reconciling to God, we don't reconcile. We come back like, hey, hey, God. And now I want you to think about, here you go with your friend, all right? He's, he's been buying you lunch every day. Not because you deserve it, just because they're a good friend. They just love buying you lunch. Yesterday, you slapped the daylights out of them, all right? Tomorrow's lunchtime. So here we go, lunchtime. Hey, I hope you brought your lunch today. Come on now. Oh, y'all not with me. I hope you brought your lunch today. I'm not buying today. All you had to do is, you know what, I'm sorry. You know, Jesus came to reconcile. I want to tell you something amazing. No other faith, no other religion can repent. I want you to grab hold of that. The reason Muslims are so far apart is because to this day they can't repent. Why can't they not repent? Because they don't believe in Jesus. And those who say, okay, no, God will forgive me. You know, I'm from the Abrahamic uh, faith, a line of faith. Oh, fantastic. When's the last time you slaughtered your sacrifice? So a lot of people say, God is going to forgive me. I'm just going to ask for repentance. But if you don't believe in Jesus and accept what Jesus did at the cross, then there's no repentance. So each one of us, we have access to repentance through Jesus Christ, but we don't repent. We don't repent. And then we want to go back to prayer. We want to go back to church and minister so everything is all right. 
There has to be real repentance. Let me tell you something. It's not about everybody else. This is personal. Hallelujah. Jesus came to bring reconciliation. Let me tell you something. Without repentance, there's no point. Jesus already paid the price. All we have to do is repent and turn from that sin. Hallelujah. With the moment you realize, you know, I have sinned, run to God. Run to God. God, I am sorry. Lord, I am sorry I messed up. Hallelujah. You know, if we don't incorporate, if we don't repent, then we incorporate the sin into our lives. And let me tell you what happens when we incorporate sin. We teach others to sin. I want you to write that down. When you incorporate sin and don't repent of it, you start justifying it and teaching other people to do the same sin you're doing. And what does the Bible say about that? You'd rather have a stone tied around your neck and be tossed into the ocean. Is that, is, is that good preaching? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But let me tell you something. I know before, before I talk about one more thing, I want, you, I want to share something with you. There are people who won't repent of sin because we don't believe we'll have consequences for it. I want to chase something. Let me tell you something. Don't play with God. Don't play with God. There's no one here that is above sin. Every last one of us, we've messed up. We need Jesus. Amen. And when you recognize, you know what, that is wrong. That is not biblical. That is not the way of God. Oh, God, forgive me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's what 1 John 1, 9 says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness, all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 1 Chronicles 15. I want to give you just a background. We read that passage when we first started. We, re- we read about uh, David coming with the Ark of the Covenant. We read about the, the Ark almost falling and, and Uzzah reaching out to grab hold of it. And Uzzah getting struck by God and dying. But something happens after that. I want you to, I want you to uh, see this. 1 Chronicles 15 verse 11. It says, And David called Zadok. Zadok and Abiathar the priests, and the Levites of Uriel, Asaiah, for Uriel, hallelujah, Asaiah, Joel, Shemaiah, Eliel, and Abinadab, hallelujah. He said to them, you are the heads of the fathers, houses of the Levites, sanctify yourselves, underline that, sanctify yourselves, you and your brethren, that you may bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel, to the place I prepared for it. For because you did not do it the first time, the Lord God broke out against us because we did not consult him about the proper order. Y'all with me? So the priests and the Levites sanctified themselves, hallelujah, to bring up the ark of God, of the Lord God of Israel. And the children of the Levites bore the ark of God on their shoulders by its poles as Moses had commanded according to the word of God. At first, they put the ark on a cart. 
Now, this is really symbolic, amen? This is really symbolic, the Ark of the Covenant being the presence of God and us being the carriers of the presence of God. And how, you know, what, what's so amazing about it is they did not take it seriously as, that, as they placed that Ark on the cart. Moses had commanded, carry the Ark on your shoulders. Here are the people who are going to carry it. Amen? They put the ark on the cart. What happened? God's anger broke. Uzzah died. Y'all still with me? Now, next thing happened, which is amazing. They learned from their mistake, repenting, and now they're turning their ways. They're turning their ways. You know, it's so, it's so amazing. Let's not continue in sin. When God speaks to you and show you, shows you something, pick it up and change your ways. Every last one of us, we can do that. No one is exempt. Hallelujah. Praise God. Repentance is not only confessing of that sin, but we're turning. Hallelujah. While we're on, the first point is repentance and forgiveness. Amen. But the second one is going to be easy. Forgiveness, Matthew 6, 14, verse 15. 14 and 15, it says these words, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive you, will not forgive your sins. So we're seeing that forgiveness precedes repentance. If, you, if we won't forgive, forget about repenting. Just call it. Oh, it's quiet. Hallelujah. They're back here tonight. Hallelujah. If you won't forgive, forget repenting. Why should we repent? Why bother? Am I reading this right? If you won't, if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. Why waste our time? Thank you for that amen, that lonely amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. It's a, it's a hard one. It's a hard one. But I tell you what, no matter what has happened in your life, we can always forgive. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that again. We can always forgive because Jesus forgave us. Hallelujah. Jesus forgave us. How many know we, we are the worst? Hallelujah. How many know nobody, not everybody knows our sins tonight? Mm, mm. God bless you. Number two, I want you to write down humility. It's the second key thing of having a healthy, healthy prayer life. Number one was repentance and forgiveness. Number two, I want you to write down humility. Luke 9, verse, sorry, Luke 18, verse 9. It says, then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone, everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer, I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood by the distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh, God, be merciful to me, 
for I am a sinner. I tell you, the sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For he who exalts himself will be humbled, and he and those who humble themselves will be exalted. I want you to write down, there are no heroes in prayer. There are no heroes in prayer. Why are there no heroes? You and I, we both get down and go before God and ask. You can ask nicely. You can ask with some twang to it. But you're asking. You're asking, I'm asking. Oh, y'all not with me. You're asking, I'm asking. So no heroes. So the best thing we can do is humble ourselves. Hallelujah. The best thing we can do is come down and, and humble ourselves because all of us are going, even though we have authority, we don't have more authority than God. So we humble ourselves before God and say, oh, God, I need you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I was thinking about prayer. You know, prayer takes the lowest of forms. We have to be willing to get down. We have to be willing to forget who we are. We have to be willing to forget everything that someone has ever told you you are. And say, God, I need you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. We're talking about a healthy prayer life. God, I need you. Amen. You can say, well, I didn't sin today. Let me tell you, don't do it. Don't play that game. Oh, well, you know what? I've, I reached 10 people to the Lord today. Don't play that game. Hallelujah. We're, talk, we're going before the King of kings, the Lord of lords, holier than holy. Hallelujah. We humble ourselves. You know, I was thinking, I was thinking earlier, wouldn't it be amazing if I went and borrowed Paul's car? Everybody knows it's Paul's car, but I got into the street and started flossing in the car. In, in Swahili, they said, tesamta. I mean, you're, just, you're making everybody suffer, <laughs> you know. But it's amazing. You can't really go show off in somebody else's vehicle, can you? It's pretty silly to be showing off in someone else's vehicle, right? 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 It's the same way in prayer. God answers. Oh, y'all not with me. We ask God, God answers. We don't, get to, we don't get to say, well, I'm the prayer warrior. Uh, please. You can't be stunting in Paul's car. You didn't pay for that. Are y'all not with me this morning, tonight? Hallelujah. Hey, somebody, somebody did that. God did that. We, when we see the miracle, we say, oh, God, we are humble that you heard us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, when we go up before God, God sees our hearts. God sees the depths of our hearts, amen? And we're not higher than him, amen? You know, I, I want to say something. I'll, I want to read a, chapter, a passage. Go to Acts chapter 12. Before I read a passage, I want to tell you thank you. Every single person that's prayed for us while we're in Tanzania, I want to tell you thank you, amen? I thank you for those who are still praying for us. Thank you. Let me tell you, your prayers did not go unheard, amen? Amen? 
Your prayers achieved a lot. I, I want to I wanna share something. I, wanna, I just want to just, just testify for a minute. Acts chapter 12, verse 1, amen. It says, now about that time, about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, a brother of John, with the sword, and because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread, so when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer, someone say constant prayer, was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him. A light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands, and the angel said to him, Gird yourself and the tie, and tie your sandals. Tie on your sandals. And so he did, and he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. For he went out, so he went out and followed him, and he did not know what was done by the angel was real, but he thought he was seeing a vision. Verse 10, when they, had, when they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them on its own accord, and they went out of the door, they went out down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And Peter, when Peter come, had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord sent his angel, and he has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. Verse 12. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, when, where many were gathered together. Doing what? Praying. Verse 13. This is key. And Peter knocked on the door. A girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate. But ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate, but they said to her, you are beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so, so they said, it is his angel. Now Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw, saw him, they were astonished. Now, but motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. He said, go Tell these things to James and the brethren, and he departed and went to another place. Amen. You know, I'm so I'm so amazed. The church was praying. Amen. The church was praying. Peter was in prison, but something amazing happened at the end of the story. Peter goes to his house, knocks on the door. A girl named Rhoda comes out. She's believed to be a servant. She's believed to be working there at the house. She comes, she looks, and she's at the door. She hears Peter at the door. She doesn't open. The Bible says she's so excited, she runs back to tell everybody, Peter's at the door. Let's go for this. So they say, Rhoda, you're crazy. You done lost your mind. 
Peter is being guarded by four squads of soldiers. Peter is dying tomorrow. Rhoda is saying, no, he's at the door. I want you to realize something. This whole time, Peter is there. God did a miracle. She's telling them he's there, having not seen him, only hearing his voice. Y'all get with me for a minute. She heard Peter's voice. She believed in the God that she was praying to. She had been praying that God, would you set Peter free? Would you set Peter free? Oh, God, you can do it. And before she, she saw him, she heard him. She's so excited. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, there's a rota in this place tonight. You've been praying for somebody. You've been praying for us while we were in Tanzania. You've been praying. Nobody knows who you are. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Let me tell you, if that's not you, maybe you'll wrote it tonight. Amen? God wants to use you. God can use you. Let me tell you, nobody recognized Rhoda as the prayer warrior, but I want to tell you something. She had faith more than everybody else. She only heard his voice, and she was so excited. Hallelujah. She only heard his voice, and she was so excited because why? She connected her faith. I've been praying for this. God finally did it. Hallelujah. I want you to know there are no heroes in prayer. Team, worship team, you can come up. Amen. There are no heroes in prayer. There are no heroes in prayer. Because I want to share with you tonight, that could be you. That could be you crying out to God. God is looking at your heart. He's not looking at how you pray. You don't have to sound a certain way. God is looking at your heart tonight. And God is, God is ready to move. Hallelujah. I want to share with you tonight, if, it was, if tonight was your first night in this place, I want you to know something. Your prayer is just as powerful. If you gave your life to Jesus right now and you're saying, God, I'm believing in you for a miracle, I want you to know tonight your prayer is just as powerful. God is calling us to prayer. God has called us to prayer. You know, tonight, I, I, I really pray as we be, we're going to have the altar call in a minute, but we're going to begin to pray. We're gonna, we've been praying for revival. I want you to know, somebody's been sitting in the back, and they've been saying, ah, you know, no, you know, all these people know how to pray. I don't really know what to say. Lift your voice before God. You'll be amazed what God will do. You'll be amazed what God will do in your life, in your family. Hallelujah. There's a rota in this place tonight. Let's bow our heads tonight. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your presence in this place, God. We thank you for storing up, God, a, a life and a heart of prayer tonight. With every head bowed and every eyes closed all over this place, front and back, left to right, I want to ask this honest people tonight. You're here tonight and, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. God is speaking to you. He's tugging at your heart. You're saying, you know, I'm here tonight and I'm not saved. If I died tonight, I'm not sure where I'd spend eternity. But I know that Jesus gave his life for me.
And tonight I want to make a decision. That's you. You're saying, I want to make a decision to ask Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. I want you to know this is the day. Today is your day. Maybe you're here tonight and you're saying, you know what, I've, I've thought about that. Maybe I've, I've desired to do that at some point. Maybe I even prayed this in his prayer, but I've walked off and lived my own life. But tonight I'm serious. I want to give God my life. I want to give Jesus my heart. With every head bowed and every eyes closed, how many just real people tonight would say, would you remember me in prayer? I want to be saved tonight. Just slide your head up, put it back down. We're going to pray together. Just real people tonight. How many say, just remember me in prayer. I want to be saved tonight. I want to give my life to Jesus. He said, at some point I, I prayed a sinner's prayer. At some point I gave my life to Jesus. But tonight, but I've backslidden. I want to I come back to the Lord. I want to repent and give my life to God. How many more? How many would say, remember me in prayer tonight? Oh, praise God. Praise God. I want us to pray together tonight. Let's just all stand all over this place, right where you are. We're going to pray the sinner's prayer tonight, right before, and then we're going to go into prayer together. Just repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for giving your life at the cross for my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Tonight I confess you with my mouth as my Lord and Savior. I believe you are the Son of the living God. And when you died on the cross, God raised you from the dead. I believe you're alive today. And Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart, my everything from this moment on. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God praise all over this place. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.